iTunes Celebrity Podcast. Hi, this is Elton John. And this is Leon Russell. And here we are in Tulsa, Oklahoma, talking about our celebrity podcast. I thought you said celebrity apartheid. No, no, I said celebrity podcast. <laughs> oh, I see. We're on iTunes, for God's sake. Um, let me tell you a bit about Leon and myself. Leon and I, uh, Leon was my idol in the late 1960s and early 70s. Uh, he was my favorite piano player, singer, and songwriter at the time. And I met him at the Troubadour Club in 1970 when I first came to America. And he was in the audience in the second evening. And uh, I got to meet him and he was very sweet. And he asked me to go on tour with him. And we did four or five shows together, including Tulsa, where he used to live and where he's from. Um, and um, we kind of lost touch with each other in maybe 71, 72. And um, I was in Hawaii in 2008 listening to uh, his, uh, his greatest hits collection. And um, I suddenly started crying because I, I hadn't seen him and the music was so great. And I, I wanted to um, get in touch with him and tell him how great he was and how I was angry about how he'd been forgotten by the you know, American music uh, public. So. I phoned him up and I said, hi, you haven't heard of me for 39 years, blah, blah, blah. Let's have dinner when I come back to America. And then he was very sweet and uh, I, think he, um, I think he was in bed. Were you in bed? Yes, I was actually. You were in bed, yeah. And then I put the phone down and I thought, no, that's not the reason. I, I, I want to do a record. So I phoned him back um, after talking to T-Bone Burnett, who's the great record producer, who I'd never either met or talked to before. And I phoned him back and said, listen, I talked to T-Bone Manette. He'd love to do an album. Will you want to do an album? So that is the reason we're here, because we did an album called The Union. And um, it's uh, been a, a huge success so far. And so we're doing dates. And that's why we're in Tulsa. And uh, we're going to be doing dates in 2011 as well. And um, that's basically why we're together. And it's so great to be able to hook up again or make a record with your, I mean, with your idol. And how many times do you ever get to, to, to record an album with someone that you admire so much? So that's the reason we're here. And we've been having fun, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've been playing and, uh, you know, it's been great just hearing some of the old songs live again, which I haven't heard for a long time, like Delta Lady and Song For You. And, um, but the song that got me of Leon when I was shaving actually, um, ready to go to lunch in, uh, in Africa. And I started to cry, was Back to the Island. Um, and I don't know why it was that particular song, but it's a very haunting song. Um, it's a beautiful, lilting kind of melody that got me. And uh, I'm gonna choose that one of Leon's songs. Um, I'm not saying it's his best song, but it's the one that got me. And it's the one that really started, you know, uh, while I was in Africa, got this ball rolling. So. Um, Let's play Back to the Island by Leon Russell. So, Leon, you know, I've chosen one of my songs. Now you've got to choose uh, one of your songs, rather. You've got to choose one of mine. Um, be careful. Well, <laughs> yeah, actually, it, it is uh, your song that we were playing. 
together and I had this brilliant idea. I said, I'm going to choose one of Elton's songs and go out on the stage and sing it with him. So I chose uh, your song and I listened to it and I worked on it really quite diligently and uh, found that I couldn't sing it. It's very embarrassing. But uh, I, he, he sings songs that I can't sing, so that was it. And you can tell everybody this is your song. It may be quite simple, but now that it's done, I hope you don't mind, I hope you don't mind that I put down in the words how wonderful life is while you're in the world. And now we're going to go into some of the songs that um, influenced us uh, or that we like. And we've chosen, God, there's so many. It's impossible to choose. There's so many wonderful songs out there. Um, but Liam, why don't you start and, and choose a song from your list that really it, it affected you as an artist? Uh, well, one of them that wore my record player out was uh, Summertime by Sam Cooke. It's on the back of You Send Me. And I always thought uh, Sam Cooke was one of the great soul singers of our, our day. Uh, I, I like that one quite a lot. That is a great record. Um, that's the summertime from Porgy and Bess, huh? I guess so, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, summertime. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, t just to go off piste a little bit here, I toured with Billy Stewart, who was a great R&B singer, and he had a big hit with Summertime. And he used to sing it like this. Summertime. <laughs> it was great. Anyway, I digress. Summertime And the living is easy Fish are jumping And cotton is high Your dad is rich And your mom is I'm going to choose, I'm going to start off with a, a newer song. I, I, I mean, most of my songs here um, are older songs. Um, but I'm going to choose one from this year um, because I just love the way that the rap of this record goes into such a wonderful melody. Um, and Eminem has always been great at that. Um, he's always had a great ear for a melody to go with the rapping. And uh, Love the Way You Lie, I think, was probably one of my favorite records of the year. Um, and Rihanna is one of my favorite artists, too. So let's start with something more up to date. And this is Eminem and Rihanna with Love the Way You Lie. Your turn again, Mr. Russell. Well, I'm, I'm in the past. I, I'm stuck in the past. And uh, I, I, one of the records I really loved is uh, When My Blue Moon Turns to Gold Again. It's an, uh, actually, it's a, perhaps a, a Bill Monroe song, but Elvis. I liked Elvis's version of that. I was always disappointed that Rockabilly didn't become huge. Well, this is obviously from his Sundays, right? This is when he recorded on Sun? It's when I he first, so. Yeah. Well, it was on his first album. Though. Yeah, I think that's when he was recording on Sun. So, um, yeah, rockabilly was a fantastic genre. And, um, 
Now, there's a lot of people around that, um, I know that Jack White's doing a record with Wanda Jackson. And so that's going to be pretty exciting. And she yeah, was, I can't wait to see know, that's that. That's going to be great, huh? Um, so let's hear the Elvis track. What a rainbow turned the cloud away. What a wind of my blue, the moon turned to gold again. You'll be back within my arms, stay. Will the memory that linger in my heart? Memory that make my heart grow cold. That is a great record. And it's amazing how those records still sound great and they yeah. recorded 50-something years ago. It's yeah. amazing. Um, I'm going to choose a very personal song next to play. Um, when I was in... Um, when I was a drug addict and, and, you know, hooked on drugs and doing lots of drugs, uh, I used to be so unhappy and I kept still doing them, trying to explain that one. And you know, it's like, I'm still unhappy, but I'm still going to do them. Um, and I used to listen to this song and cry because it, it made me feel that there was hope for me. Um, but it didn't make me get sober or clean. But it was an incredible offer, a record called So by Keita Gabriel, which was a wonderful album. And this is a duet with Kate Bush. And, and it's called Don't Give Up. And if any of you are listening to... Uh, this program and haven't switched off by now, um, and you're feeling down, this song will try and lift you. It's beautiful. Uh, one of my favorite records of all time was uh, What a Difference a Day Makes is Dinah Washington. I uh, loved Dinah Washington. I thought she was the, the greatest. I hadn't actually heard of Billie Holiday at that point. Uh, I think she was kind of disciple of Billie Holiday, perhaps. Yeah. I have a great photograph of Dinah Washington um, on stage, and uh, she was certainly one of the great singers. So, uh, And this is what a, a great song this is. She had that great kind of voice. L Esther Phillips had a voice like her too. Yeah. Um, this is Dinah Washington. What a difference a day made 24 little hours What the sun and the flowers Okay, I'm going to throw my um, 10 cents in the, in the, on the pile here and, and, and chose, choose a record by my favorite soul singer. Uh, well, when I say soul singer, she's beyond that. She's, um, I had to choose my favorite artist of the 20th century, which is an unbelievably hard thing to do. And I took it quite seriously. And obviously the, you know, the usual names came up, Elvis Presley, you know, Marvin Gaye, The Beatles, The Stones, Bob Dylan, Joni Mitchell. Uh, it, it was, you know, where do you stop? Um, but I chose this lady because she was the most amazing singer 
Um, she was the first black student at Juilliard. She's the most underrated piano player. She's an incredible piano player. She embraced popular music when it happened. She used to record modern songs by the Bee Gees and the Beatles and people like that. And live, she was um, something else. So this is the first Nina Simone record I ever heard. It was, it's called I Put a Spell on You. Um, and it's one of the most straightforward records she made as far as being a great song. Screaming Jay Hawkins wrote the song. But this is a hell of a record. I put a spell on you. Cause you're mine. Do, 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 do. You better stop the things you do. There used to be a record company in Houston called OK. Yeah, Major Lance used to be on OK. Really? And I backed OK. Yeah, see? I didn't know that. OK, OKEH, right? Right. Yeah. And uh, they had Bobby Bland on there, and he had a he had a song called Turn On Your Love Light, which I liked and used for my play on all my shows. On the, uh, when I used to play that in my old band in Bluesology. It's um, a great It's a great song, yeah. He's still around, isn't he? I believe so, yes. Yeah. I, I think I played a show with him sometime. Bobby Blue Bland. You took a dime and you tore it apart. You left me sitting in the dark crying. You said your love for me was dying. I'm begging you, baby, baby, please. I'm begging you, baby, baby, please. Turn on let it shine on me. Turn on your love light. Let it shine on me. Let it shine, shine, shine. Let One of the great legendary R&B singers, Bobby Blue Bland there. Um, so I'm going to stick to R&B. And um, how can you not mention, when you talk about rhythm and blues, Aretha Franklin? Um, one of the most incredible things about Aretha, like Nina Simone, is how she's underrated as a piano player, right? That's right. She's yeah. a great piano player. And um, as Leon and I both play the piano, I think we have a penchant, as they say in France, for people who play and sing at the same time. Um, Nina Simone is one, but Aretha is just, I wish she'd play more, you know? Yeah. She's a great piano player. Anyway, she plays piano on this track, and it's called I Never Loved a Man the Way I Loved You. Yeah, I remember a session I played on the she was originally, you know, there was a period of time where they were trying to figure out who she was and what she needed to sing and all that stuff. There was a guy called Mercy at Columbia, I can't remember. Yeah, she was on Columbia Records to start with, and before she became an R&B singer. She did kind of standards, right? Yeah. yeah. She was singing Am I Blue? Yeah. And I remember after she got through singing, the string players all tapped their music stands with their bows. I'd never seen that before. That means they approved of it, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, that's great. But she's, um, I love her. And, yeah, she's uh, great. She's an American legend and uh, she's been always so sweet to me and I love her to death. So I hear she's canceled her shows for the last next six months. So um, if she's uh, not feeling well, Aretha, you get well soon. We love you, okay?
Uh, I have this uh, alter ego <laughs> that I uh, recorded under the name of Hank Wilson. It was uh, hillbilly music, actually. I wanted to have a different name so people wouldn't be confused with my other hillbilly music. Well, you chose Hank because of Hank Williams and Wilson because it was near Williams or what? Actually, I chose it because of Hank Thompson. Oh, oh. And of please Will help Wilson. me, I'm falling. Yeah, Wilson uh, because of Williams. Yeah. And I don't know about the other part. See, I know about Hank Thompson. That's pretty good, huh? Yeah. Well, please help me up following with Hank Lachlan. Hank Thompson was on Capitol Records. Yeah, he's from Oklahoma, too. Yeah? Yeah. So anyway, uh, I, what got me into that, I was bringing my car back from California to Tulsa, and I had to stop and get gas at the truck stops, and I noticed there were 600 cassettes in there. I'd yeah. never been in those places. They were all hillbilly music. Right. So I bought... Uh, a hundred of them. Wow. Put them in the car and I said, boy, these Nashville guys, they're always ready to cut music. That's what they say in, in my studios in California. So I said, I'm going to go down and cut a hillbilly record. And uh, I did that and they were ready. And it was, uh, I mean, we did the first song was uh, a song that Willie Nelson sold for $50 called Family Bible. It became a big hillbilly hit. And uh, So anyway, I mean, we they played it. Those guys are so fast. And I said, okay, that's fine. Now let's go to the next song. And they said, wait a minute. I said, guys, if you want to be on this record, you've got to play it the first time. But I told them, I said, this next song is a Hank Thompson song, uh, Six Pack to Go. And it's kind of, uh, it's more robust. It's not quite so severe as uh, Family Bible. So nice. can you kind of kick it up a little bit? But we made that whole record. And I made, uh, years later, in one of the later volumes, there's volumes that I did those in. There's one called He Stopped Loving Her Today by George Jones, and uh, I cut that, and I, I enjoyed that very much. To go away First time I'd seen him smile in years He stopped loving her today A place to reap upon his door Soon they'll carry him away. He stopped loving her. George Jones, um, great singer, great writer. Um, He's great, mess, isn't he? amazing, amazing life he had. Yeah, wow. yeah. Um, I've got to play something by um, Bob Dylan. Um, how do you choose something by Bob Dylan? Um, and I racked my brain to choose. I mean, Modern Times, which came out about six years ago, was such a great record. Um, but I went back to Nashville Skyline because it was such an unusual record for him to make. And when it came out, it was just, you know, a light bulb, he surprised you every now and again by completely going off into a different direction. And that's why I admire him so much as an artist. And Nashville Skyline was such a beautiful record. And Lay Lady Lay is a great and beautiful song. It's a great romantic song. And uh, this is Bob Dylan. Lay, lady, lay, lay across my big grass bed. Lay, lady, lay, lay across my big grass bed. Whatever colors you have. In your mind, I show them to you. Speaking of Bob, uh, especially that album, uh, Nashville Skyline, I was talking to him one day and I said, uh, Bob, they tell me that when you were making Nashville Skyline, 
you went out and wrote the next song while they were doing the playback on the previous song. So you got to show me how to do that. I need to know how to do that. My children probably need for me to know that. <laughs> so he rented a studio in Greenwich Village called Blue Rock. And I took some of my guys up there, Carl Radle on bass and Jimmy Keltner on drums and Ed Davis on guitar. And I cut two tracks and I said, there, Bob, is two tracks. Let me see you write the song to those tracks. All right. So he picked up an envelope and got up and started walking around and I was following him, looking over his shoulder. And he wrote, watching the river flow and when I paint my masterpiece, you'll be right there with me. You're not serious. Yeah. But, <laughs> I so thought anyway. I was quick. Uh, <laughs> well, that's why he's the genius that he is. Yeah, and, he uh, is. He is certainly. And he always know. told me, you know, he's not a guy that liked to spill the beans very much, if you know what yeah. I mean. He told me everything that I asked in the concerts for Bangladesh in between the shows. I, he was over there sitting down and I said, play uh, Boots of Spanish Leather, uh, play uh, Baby Blue. So all these people in the dressing room were standing way over another side like this, afraid he might erupt or something. He paid me 25 songs probably, everything that I asked. He took me out on the streets of New York, said, see that statue? I wrote this song because of that. Wow. That was so great. I don't know how you can remember, you know, when I rehearse, and I haven't played a song for so long, I have to get the band to teach it to me. So, I mean, for him to be able to remember, he's someone else, man. Yeah, you got a terrible memory, I noticed that. I have, yeah, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's time for you to choose a song. Oh, yeah, let me see. Now, one song that I liked uh, was You Win Again, it's a Hank Williams song, but I like Jerry Lee Lewis's version. You know, I was on the road with Jerry Lee for two years and we never had a conversation in that entire time. Uh, <laughs> we're both kind of socially inept, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I love that piano part. And as a matter of fact, I did a best of Hank Wilson album and cut that for the album and played his whole piano part. And I remember it still after all this time. You Win Again, Jerry Lee Lewis. <laughs> When I was growing up, Joe Lee Lewis and Little Richard completely transformed the way I saw music because Joe Lee Lewis used to get on the piano and Little Richard used to stand um, playing up, been playing standing up and just did things to the piano that nobody else had done before that I'd ever seen on film. And they, as soon as I saw those two people, um, that's new, what I wanted to do. They changed completely. I mean, Elvis was like something from Mars when I first saw him, but he played the guitar, he had a guitar, and he was a singer. But being a boy who played the piano, when you saw Little Richard and you saw Jolie Lewis, it was like, wow, it was like Jimi Hendrix did to a guitar. These guys, a piano is a nine foot plank, or a, whatever, five foot, seven foot. There's nothing much you can do about it. These guys, and Fats Domino was another one, he used to push the piano across the stage with his stomach. And, and it was, you know, these guys are legends, and they, I have to say that Jerry Lee and Little Richard were the two guys that pushed me the way I wanted to go, and uh, I'm very grateful for that. And um, they're, they're still alive, and they're still playing, and they're still fantastic. Well, speaking of Richard, when I was a kid in Tulsa playing in the, in the joints, there was a guy that came through there called Escarita. It was really quite a sight to behold. Have you ever seen him? No. 
And uh, he was fond of saying, oh yeah, Richard got all that stuff for me. He was so unusual looking, he walked out of the Anchor Lounge on 21st Street in Tulsa and there was a five car collision. People <laughs> looking at him. But, that uh, just happened to me with my eight inch high heeled shoes on, you know. <laughs> yeah, there's more than high heeled shoes involved in this deal. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, Richard's book came out and he gave all the credit to Escarita. He said he got it all. He was working as a fry cook in Macon in right. the bus station. Escarita came in and they went off for a, an event together. Right. And he said that he got all of his stuff from Escarita. I wow. thought that was really great of him to say Fantastic. That. Um, Slipping and sliding is what I was going to say for Little Richard Ellen. You're going to have a, Leon's going to choose another one straight away. She wants to play Little Richard Slipping and Sliding. And I got to do a duet with Little Richard on my duet album, and I was so proud of that because, again, he was my idol. So here's Little Richard. got to bring everyone right up to date in well again back to 2010 um, this is the year that I've become really friendly with Lady Gaga and um, I love her as a songwriter and a you know piano player and she's done a couple of things for my charity which have been so great she, you know she stayed at my house we've become friends she's done something for Romeo and Juliet which is the uh, animation movie that I've produced with my partner David Furnish for Disney that's coming out in February so we do a duet together on that um, and I've chosen this because, you know, when she put Monster out, she'd already had the Fame record out, and that was doing great. And then she put out, like, ten tracks were even better than anything on Fame. And she just, you know, say, well, you think that's good? Here's ten tracks I've just been flippantly working on. Listen to these. And Telephone um, was an amazing co collaboration with, with Beyonce. And these two were the biggest female stars. And it was so great to see them in the video. Just, you know, Beyonce's never looked better and never. It was fun. It was real... It was a collaboration of two huge stars, um, one black and one white, and it was so refreshing. And I heard this song all, you know, all through the year in different forms, uh, dance remixes. It, it's, it was just a great record. And uh, so I've chosen this because I love to get up in the morning to listen to dance music. That's what I do. I put a dance CD on and I sort of come to life slowly but surely. <laughs> and uh, Telephone is... Um, it's one of the best records of the year as far as I'm concerned. Well, my last song, I have to say something about gospel music. When I was playing in the nightclubs when I was 14, uh, I'd made a crystal set. I was kind of a nerd, if you can imagine. Uh, and I made this crystal set, and I came home from the joints, and the only thing it got was gospel and R&B. Yeah. And so I got to listening to that. I also was playing piano at the church. It's a Methodist church, or a little bit starchy, excuse me. And 
I started trying to play the Pentecostal and trying to get them to sing with a little bit more enthusiasm, and, and they ran me off. Right. <laughs> uh, but one of the gospel songs that I love very much is uh, called uh, I Want to Be at the Meeting. It's by the Sensational Nightingales, and uh, I recommend it highly. I want to be at the meeting. I want to be at the meeting. I want to be at the meeting. When all the saints get home After separated Of the right and the wrong I want to be at the meeting Around the throne So my last song is um, a very laid back song by an artist who I love and admire. And when I was um, it's, you know, when you're young and, and you're starting out and you're becoming successful, to have an established artist like Leon came to the Troubadours to see me, um, the band came to see me in Philadelphia, Neil Diamond introduced me at the Troubadour Club, George Harrison sent me a, a, a telegram. It was a telegram, God, that really dates me. Um, um, but, you know, it means a lot. That's why I try and help newer artists and, and, and say, listen, your record's great, fantastic. Um, and one of these artists who befriended me in the early days was Neil Young. And he came to England and performed a show at the Royal Festival Hall. And I just got my um, first apartment. I was so, you know, proud of it. And uh, Kiki D, my friend who, uh, and singer, was there. My manager, John Reed and Bernie Torpin. And Neil came over, had a bad back. And he played um, After the Gold Rush on the piano, the whole thing, and sang it. And we had complaints at three in the morning, but I didn't care. Because, you know, the house... It was just joyous. This Neil Young was part of the Buffalo Springfield for Christ. Crosby's still the <laughs> Young, he's like, and he's playing my piano in my apartment. Um, and I've been friends with him for a long time now. I admire him not only as a musician, but what he does for kids with cerebral palsy. What he and uh, Peggy do. Um, he's an amazing human being. He's one of the nicest and most. Christian people I've ever met. Um, not to say that he is a Christian, but he's just the way he performs it, and he's so kind. So I'm going to choose something from the second Harvest album. Harvest was the uh, first wonderful album, and he followed it up about 20, 30 years later with Harvest Moon. And that's the song um, I'm going to cho choose, because the first time I did the Bridge School Benefit in San Jose, I got to play this song on piano with him. And it's a beautiful, beautiful song. So here's Neil Young to wind our selections up. Thank you for listening. It's been a, quite an amazing selection of stuff. Um, and we could have gone on for days probably choosing this stuff, don't you think? Yeah, I could. I'm going to send you a telegram too now they know Thank you very it. much. <laughs> they don't make them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you can send me a strip telegram. <laughs> anyway, here's Neil Young. Thanks for listening. Harvest Moon. We know where the music's Hi, this is Elton John. And this is Leon Russell. iTunes Celebrity Podcast.